Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode 37 of Wings, Beers, and Tears, your favorite DMV sports podcast. We are fresh off of Super Bowl 54, so we've got that recap as well as some Skins and Ravens talk, some Caps, some Terps, all that good shit all rolled up into one fun hour. How are you this evening, gentlemen? Let's start off with Mr. Jeremy. How are you, sir? I thought it was Super Bowl Live. This is 54 shit. Eh, well, 54 is for the those of us in the know. Uh, no, that's not me. How's your mouth Doing well, thank you, sir. I am Todd, and we are joined as our host, as always, in the beer, Wings, Beers, and Tears studios. Mr. Jerry, how are you? Hello, how are you? Doing great, sir. Jerry, looks like you have something heavy you need to get off your chest before we get started. Last week, I was kind of an asshole. <laughs> Just last week, though. Yeah. Only last week. I want to say I'm sorry to Mitch. Um, I said he wasn't generous anymore. He wasn't a good friend. It's completely erroneous and false. 10% he is a, true. He is a great friend. 10% true. And uh, <laughs> it was one of those jokes that seemed funnier when it was in my head. And even though I thought it was funny, right. maybe it wasn't funny. And so, sorry, Mitch. Um, take me to more games. There it is. There it is. The air has been cleared. <laughs> we, we now have a, a clean slate. We are ready to rock and roll. <laughs> so we will get to our Terps talk in just a little bit. But first, last night's Super Bowl. Hey, that was pretty fucking entertaining. That was a, good, that was a really good football game. There was a football game? I just noticed the halftime show. Wow. That's all I noticed. Yikes. That was, uh, that was quite entertaining. I love how last year all the women were gaga over... Or two years ago, over or maybe it was last year. I don't know who's the guy from Maroon Five. Yeah, who Maroon was, Five was last year. Yeah, that was, was Adam Levine. Adam Levine was, you know, gyroing with his shirt off, and all the moms. Gyroing was great. Is that a great? Is that a great word? Yeah, I think it's, it's gyrating, but gyrating, that's okay. Gyrating. It wasn't it two years ago, wasn't it? Timberlake. I, I don't yeah, know. I think uh, so. But no one had a problem that. But but this year they are so offended, and there were kids watching, and all of that. Hey, uh, it was quite the learning experience for everyone that uh, watched. Hey. Well, God Halo bless those two. 50. I know. She is smoking. And Shakira's 43. No way. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, the three of us can dance like them. <laughs> I don't know if we can sing like them. Jesus Christ. I would die if I tried to dance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I couldn't have made it for 25 seconds in that halftime show. The only problem with the choreography. Lasted only 25 seconds doing, but. The, the only problem with the choreography was Jay would actually have to move his feet. And he doesn't dance like that. Dan- Jay dances in one spot very, very well. He like he, he grows roots in the middle of the dance floor, and it's and it's tremendous. But uh, uh, the choreography you see how last those night, dudes were, were oh, dressed. It's fucking I mean, crazy. Don't they have any respect for themselves? <laughs> They're like in suspenders with. I don't know. I'm wearing a fucking redskin shirt tonight. I obviously don't I have don't respect know, for man. myself. I mean, I, 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 the women were appropriately dressed. I thought, <laughs> but uh, the men, I was like, guys, come on, man. Do you really need that fifty bucks to be in the halftime show? No, but seriously, though, I mean, that game, everybody said it was going to be, you know, the old, uh, the, the very solid, well-rounded San Fran led by the, the D-line, which was fan-fucking-tastic for three quarters um, versus that explosive offense of KC, and that's exactly what we saw. And the, the only problem was San Fran had plenty of opportunities to pad the score line and couldn't, you know, couldn't close the deal on decent drives. They had to settle for three a couple times. That will always bite you in the ass when you have a team that can score points in a hurry. That's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. There's a lot of ways you can mitigate that, though, and I just don't, that was the biggest problem I had is they kind of went away from what got them there in the second half. Now, maybe it was because of the scheme Kansas City was bringing later, but, I mean, you know, you run all over them, and then you have second and five, you throw twice and have to punt. Yep. Well, I, that made no sense to me, but that's why I do this and not that. <laughs> I'm a Kyle Shanahan guy. Uh, yeah, I thought he, you know, has done a great job, but man, at the end of the half, he showed no confidence in his quarterback, and nope. that's got to send a message. Yeah, I mean, it was like he was half in, half out. He, he, he stopped him on third and uh, third and long. Yep, they had a minute thirty or and change. They had three timeouts, and he just let the clock run. And he let the clock run. Didn't yeah. take a timeout. I know, right? And even John Lynch was on the in the thing taking take oh, timeout. And see, that was the telling thing to me was seeing Lynch up in the up in the press box, you know, doing like the timeout sign, and he's looking around at all the other pundits up there. And I was like, oh shit, man! This, yeah, I, I guess yeah, great camera action. Whoever caught that, oh, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Some guy in the trailer is like, oh, get this, get this. But I, I will say this: at the time, I actually didn't rag on Shanahan because I I was like, he's he, he's blessed right now to be tied 10-10. 
you know? Right. And he goes, just don't screw up, you know. And the, he didn't the want to give the ball back to Kansas City. And they were getting the ball first in the second half. Right. So for him, it was like we held him to 10 points. There's absolutely, if we get down and get a miracle three, cool. But we still get the ball coming out of halftime. But then either then, either you run the clock out or you go for it. But you don't do both. I could not agree more. Right? I mean, if you're going to throw the ball deep to Kittle, which I thought that was pass interference. I thought it was offensive pass interference. I thought it was the correct call. I had no problem with it. Right. It's but, been called all year. That's, yeah, that's but fine my, with that. Or not. That's the thing. But that my problem was, not been. my problem was, is if you're going to go deep, then act like you have a chance to do it. Right? If you're right. going to be aggressive, then take the timeout. Then you have two timeouts. You still have a chance to, uh, to run your offense with two timeouts. And but you're just the message I thought it sent Garoppolo was like, dude, he doesn't think I can do it. Yep, he yeah. thinks I, I. And and true or not, yeah, good reason for that though. But honestly. it just doesn't make any sense. If you're going to do it, then just run the ball three times. I agree. You know, because the Kansas City didn't call a timeout after the first play. They were they were content to go in as well. I agree. And yeah, it was it was a weird dynamic. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah we don't we don't really want to push the pace. And then they got one play, and, and then they, they were got like, hey, let's play. go. Yeah, you know. And then they were, yeah. you know, so why be aggressive? It was just a weird either either Very run strange. the clock out or don't. I was of you go for because it's the old Belichick thing, right? You score before the half, then you get the ball back and score again. That's the true momentum shift. And. Shanahan's a smart dude. He had a really good game plan. He knew. I, we have got to score points against these guys. That, that's the only way you're going to win. And even going in and getting three and then getting the ball back and getting either another three or another seven right after the break would have been a huge swing. Well, I thought that was a, I thought that was a big swing. But even in the third quarter, when those defensive linemen were just crying. I mean, they had Mahomes. I don't care what anybody says. They had his ass rattled. Oh, without question. He, they, he was he, throwing two. He, he, he will tell you picks. that, too. Yeah, he was throwing picks. He was trying to get the ball out. He Absolutely. was getting hit a lot. And I think the play of the game, the sequence was when they it was eight minutes and change left, and they had the ball, and it was second and nine, and Bosa broke free again and was chasing him down from the backside and dove and missed. And he, he got his hand on his foot. He got his, his foot. hand on his yep. foot, but he was able to get out, scramble for the first down. Yep. And I think that was the play. I mean, the 44-yarder was nice, and that was three or four plays later. Yep. Um, but that was the play that sort of, if, they, if he could have gotten that sack there and made it like third and 17, yep. that would have been real difficult. I, I agree with you. That play for me was the game changer because the way Mahomes popped up after he got the first down, he had this look in his eye like, let's fucking go. Yeah, we can it, do this it thing. It was like, you an, know? yeah, ignited him. It, it, it did. Boost. He went from like, oh, man, these guys are coming at me from everywhere. And he was like, fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. You know, and he took off and got around the edge. And yeah, that was the one thing with San Fran's pressure, I will say. As impressive as it was, they were giving him the edge quite often. It was, yeah. it was there they quite a bit. They, I mean, they didn't have discipline in their lanes, but he was running around and they were hitting him. They were. And I mean, he was rattled. I, I, I agree. We haven't seen him like that for three quarters. No, so, but props to him, man. He got himself going. He got in a rhythm, and obviously uh, the stats are in the third, I think in the third quarter, or I mean the fourth quarter, uh, Jimmy G was three for 11 for 36 yards and a pick, and Mahomes had like 150 yards in the fourth quarter yep. alone. I mean, he was, the 44 was on that one play, but that sort of loosened everything up, and I think, you know, San Fran got worn down because their offense did absolutely nothing. They were on the field the whole time. I, I, it was that, and, and Jeremy uh, made a really good point last week. KC almost plays better from behind. Like, it, it, it allows them to be a little more free, and they didn't want to be down 10 in the fourth, but at that point, it was like, hey, we're well, going to push all our chips in. At and that they point, went. it was 95% San Fran. I, I didn't think there was a chance in hell that Kansas City was going to win. So, obviously, they didn't want that. Yeah, I, I just feel like in the end of the second half, Kyle is out you know, thought himself. I think the 10-10 the score, he was actually probably kind of surprised the way it was going. And was like, you know what? I just don't want any – I don't want to go in on a bad note. But, you know, because I think Todd's point is right. He knew he needed to score points. Well, why didn't he? Why didn't he try? <laughs> well, he, those two things, I, gr- I agree with both ideas, but that didn't – for some reason, he had a brain fart, I feel like. I mean, you have a professional – you're a professional football team. You can – you don't have to call – you don't have to gunsling it, but you can at least try to matriculate the ball down the field to get in a field goal range. I mean, at that point, you only need 35 yards, 35 or 40 yards. It's not like you need a touchdown. Um, I just I just thought that sent a bad message. And, yeah. you know, I mean, Aikman and all those guys were surprised. John Lentz was surprised. So it's not like we're coming out of left field. For no, us. no. It was, you're it a professional was... football team. Garoppolo's got, won 27 games or whatever he did. His record's phenomenal. He's a smart guy. 
Um, I'm not saying you have to throw it deep, but just try. Right. And, you know. And well, yeah, I would say you should just throw it deep, you know, because if it gets picked, so what? It's like a punt, you know? Yeah, you it's and like, I definitely subscribe I, to that philosophy. I guess I just, you know, that much time. It's not like you were at the 10-yard line. You're at the 40 or whatever. I yeah, mean, I like, yeah. False start or whatever, but, you know, um, I think that was on that drive. Anyway, yeah, it just, I mean, I think in hindsight, obviously, you kill him for it. I don't think it was really that bad of a move in a vacuum, but knowing what we thought was going to happen and what did happen, it just didn't make any sense. And I will say this, the, uh, it, you know, your San Fran, Shanahan's super smart, Garoppolo's super smart, and they know their limitations. And I think that's why they kind but of second-guessed themselves. I, I get it, but they didn't want to have to chase points in that game because guess what? We saw what happened when they had to chase points there at the very end. Garoppolo's great. With the lead, with a good ground game, with things under control, he can't beat you by himself. They move the Mahomes ball. Can. They move the ball in the third quarter. Why couldn't they do that? In the I, f- dynamics, man. And like Jay was saying, maybe maybe KC saw the writing on the wall and sold out a little bit on defense, and that forced Shanahan's yeah. hand a little bit. K- I don't know. I, I, no, I think KC was tickled freaking pink when they weren't calling timeouts and the clock was running because KC wasn't calling timeouts. Oh, in the first half? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about later in the like you were saying in the third quarter. They were putting up, you know, San Fran was, they were controlling the game. Yeah, they were controlling the game. But, but I think KC made some changes, and desperate changes. They kind of went all in on O and D. And went, hey, we got one chance, and it worked. Because they have the athletes, they have the best player on the field, Mahomes, and their D made plays when they had to. Well, in the fourth quarter, if you guys remember, Kansas City scores, makes it 20 to 17. Mm-hmm. Right? And then San Fran gets the ball, six minutes left. They run the ball on first down, get five yards, and they're pounding. And then they throw two. Yep, that's two, what I was saying. Was yeah. like, yeah, yep. Twice. I mean, it was – well, one was batted down. They yep. went to go to Kittle. And then the rest was – you know, but I don't – that didn't make sense to me either. That was very Jay Gruden-esque. Yeah, but not because, <laughs> not because you're conservative. It's because you're going to get a first down. And if you get a first down, you can run more clock. Yep. You know, well, so – No, that was the worst-case worst scenario for San Fran. Again, just more overthinking as far as I'm concerned. Because he's probably like, hey, I've been setting up this play action for two and a half quarters. And that's what so they I have to run it. Right. I just uh, I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan. He seems like a good guy. But, um, you know, he's had the collapse when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And now he's got this. That and, is true. And losing when you have a 10-point lead and you're dominating and you lose, uh, you give up 21 straight points. I mean, that's pretty tough to swallow. It is. It is. On the other side, I do feel bad because Shanahan's a real likable guy. He works hard, very yeah. competent, good good head coach. He's a good coach. So, yeah, you do feel bad for him, but you feel equally as good for Andy Reid. Oh, absolutely. You know, talk about a guy who's just toiled and done his thing <laughs> and has pretty much zero affect, win or lose, you know. I mean, he's he's taken his losses over the years like a man, you know. He'll he'll say, yep, the, the other guy's got us. And it was good to see him be on the be on the other side of that he's been through a ton personally nobody you know it's not like they ran him out of philly everybody liked him there too he just, oh absolutely you know, he was, was getting t- time ran oh yeah post super bowl like all the tweets and stuff pouring in from yep. philly and and you know all that kind of stuff very likable guy so he, he, a little like trots when he went it with the caps like even even the caps haters were like that guy deserves it right you know yeah, yeah. and yep. and uh, i don't think there's any chiefs haters out there the um, best the best enough the best <laughs> yeah, exactly. player on the field was tyreek hill and there's no chance in the, in the world he was going to win MVP, but he was by far, I thought, the best player on the Chiefs. He was a game changer, man. I thought Williams was a monster too. He was, he but, just, a lot, but a lot of it was that last run. But Hill, he was the go-to guy whenever they needed to play throughout the game. They he was. To get he was. Him. Now, I did notice that KC did one thing throughout the game offensively that I was kind of impressed with, and we made the point that they can't get the tough yards on running plays. They ran Williams on a lot of third and two, third and threes, and, and they, got it. They ran out of funky formations. They did. did you see that one where they spin? Yes. Was that yeah. the same play? Yeah. Okay. Where they yeah. lined yeah. up and they all cool. spun that over. Was the same play. Yeah, Bienemy said he was looking at old tape yeah. and everything. That's so cool. Um, I think that guy's brilliant, by the way. Bienemy. Uh, obviously, when you Eric have tools. sleeping with Bienemy. Remember that? Chris <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Chris. Obviously, when you've got uh, the tools that he has, it's, it's easy to look like a, an offensive genius, but. He seems to be very forward thinking. He doesn't, you know, just go by the book and say, "Well, we've run this play and it's worked." He's kind of like, "Huh, let's throw a wrinkle in here and see if it works." And well, if they're bringing a lot of pressure, you know, you get okay. So here, up the middle. Here's the transition, right? You see two teams in the Super Bowl, both well deserving to be there. It was really a coin flip game right until the very end. That's all you can ask for. So, what are these teams doing 
that you want your team to do. And here we've got the Ravens, who seem to be right at the doorstep of being perhaps where Casey is. Um, And then you have the Redskins, who are obviously, you know, light years behind. However, now with a competent head coach, hopefully some player development and scouting, you know, some draft picks. Is Chase Young now like at the top of our list come hell or high water, or are we still in that wait and see game with the trade deadline, and everything else? And the reason I bring that, or not with the with the uh, with who our trading partner could be come draft time. The reason I bring this up is Bosa was a game changer last night. If San Fran wins that game, he's arguably the MVP of the Super Bowl. But that's the rub right there. If they win the game, they didn't win the game. So. I get it. I get it. But I think when I when I was I texted you guys when yeah. I was watching. Um, when I was watching the game, I just said, "This is this is why you have to draft Trace Young." I, and I if, said, "I if, completely if agree." He's as good as what everybody says he is, right? I mean, I'm, I'm we're assuming that he's a generational talent, like everybody says he is, exactly, right? So if you have him rated like that, I think what it does is it shows you that defensive pass rush in the NFL is the most important ingredient because San Francisco has a slow corner in Sherman, have no corner in the other people, and their safeties are just pedestrian. Yep. And if they can get to the quarterback and you have three seconds to throw the ball, you can win with bad corners. Yep. So I, I agree. Or, or I, uh, below average corners. Sure. No, it's a game changer. It's I mean, when your changer. front four can control the game, you, you have a chance. And if, if Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have got – Brain fart mm-hmm. and and too so conservative, and uh, you know he did I, the anti John Harbaugh. I, I want to yeah I want to make a point. I mean this is I heard this on a radio and it makes sense. When you have an elite quarterback, the game is never over. When you don't have an elite quarterback, the game can't end fast enough. Yeah, that's a really just good point. Trying to get the game over with, and I mean and that's what that's last what night was Exhibit A in that exact yeah, scenario. He was trying to get the game over with, trying to bleed clock, and you know, and it backfired on him. Um, but to answer your question, I think Chase Young, if he, I mean, I think that other than having a quarterback, um, is the biggest trait. But the biggest key to success in the NFL is winning with a rookie quarterback who's on a rookie contract. Not a yes. quarterback. Right, right, right. But you need to when have... When he is cost-controlled. When yep. he is cost-controlled like Mahomes is right now. Um, where it's going to change is when Mahomes gets paid his $40 million, and now you got to let two wide receivers go, two outside linebackers go, and you can't sign the depth guys that you have now. Yep. That's when it's going to change. Um, and the best chance for success is if the Redskins can do it because Lamar is on his rookie contract too. Yes, he is. So and then in the in the Ravens too. So you have your your best player can be your cheapest player. That's the formula. Yep. And and you've harped on the importance of a good tight end as well oh my in God. a dynamic offense. Yes. I mean. Kelsey That's, and Kittle made. I mean, they make their respective teams go. That's I mean, the Redskins' number one need in free agency: get a tight end. Because Vernon retired, and Reed should retire. Yeah, if he was smart. I, I hope Reed retires hope for his own health. But they yeah. need at least one, probably two, new tight ends, and that can be a quarterback's best friend. Mm-hmm. I agree, Jeremy. It shows how far. The Redskins are away from anything. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, I know, it is quite you know, depressing. You can turn stuff around, and you know, I, I, what I'm really, I guess, hoping is that Young is just head and shoulders above everybody else, and there's no question. That's what I'm hoping to. Because it won't be like that for I the Redskins. Really <laughs> do want the three picks? I know you can't guarantee three first rounders, but I think if they get offered that, I'd have a hard time, especially knowing who else is available in that top five or six, who to me would be. Pretty darn close to is as, as impactful as, as young. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's the key, no. which we don't know. Yeah. Right, we don't know how he's going to test out. We don't know how he's going to grade out. You know, the argument I've heard from people is yes, he's had you know more sacks per whatever than anybody in the history of football except for one person. However, a lot of those sacks are good. like he had four in one game, mm-hmm. then he had three in one game, and then some games he had none. So it's not like he was having sacks every game. I'm sure he was very disruptive. I'm sure he was, you know. Uh, checked and doubled and all that stuff uh but i'm hoping like jeremy says that they go and they just wow he just he he works out and they're like holy shit right you know uh this other kid's good this this corner 
Okuda or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. He's good. He's really mm-hmm. good. He's a lockdown. But this guy, oh my God. You hope he's good enough he's like that somebody starts calling you because they want Chase Young right. at number two as opposed to, hey, we know you like Chase Young and he's okay. Hey, there's like a, a half dozen other really good, impactful guys and we want Tua. I'm hoping, I, I'm, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm hoping he works out and they say 12 sacks next year. 12 sacks next year if he doesn't get it. We've, done, we've not coached him correctly. Right. Because that guy gets off the line, and he's got power, and his hips are so fluid. And, and I, know, I know he hasn't coached a game or a practice yet with us, and I know Rivera. I mean, he could be a very average coach. I, I don't know. He's so much better than what we've had. But just that thought of him getting a guy in young like that just harkens back to the Peppers days when Rivera was right. in Carolina. And you're like... And Von Miller when Rodo Rio was in Denver. And it's right fucking there in front of us. And I'm like, ah, this, this scenario just seems to work. But like Jeremy said, the enticement of if the correct trade partner exists and the combo of picks is there... Man. Well, not, it can't just be following the trade chart if he's an elite talent. It's... You gotta. You, here's the here's the beginning and add a first round pick to it. Right here's the trade chart. The now tra- the, here's the trade chart plus a guy like Chase Young. Yeah. Now yeah. now we want a first. Now we want an extra first. Right. Well, that's where you're hoping that Tua just looks amazing. Miami can't get get away from themselves, and they give us all three of their firsts oh, this year. I think I, I think that's I think that's a given. I think I, I don't think, think that's a given. I think Tua will. Hit, they people are so quarterback desperate. Yeah, they're with Herbert. I think he's going to blow up, and people are going to be crammed to get to the top. Yeah, I think what they're hoping is that Chase Young is that good too. If you're Miami, you want Chase Young to be so good that the Redskins, they're not going to talk to you. So now you can talk to Detroit right. mm. and give yeah. up less. Yeah, right. That's one because because Burrow goes one, Young goes two, and then you know maybe the kid in. Uh, and Ohio State is so good at corner that Detroit goes, I can't pass on that. This guy's a lockdown freaking Deion Sanders corner. See, now but, you're getting that. Now, see, you, now you're dealing with only the Giants, and now you have two quarterbacks. In that scenario, I agree with you. The only thing we do have going for us, if we're looking to dangle that pick a little bit, if Young isn't as you know guaranteed as we think he is, I think Detroit needs a quarterback badly. Well, the, the thought was is that Stafford may be out. Yes. Like they, they may have run mm-hmm. the course on that and exactly. they may be looking for a quarterback. It, which is why that's that is the best case scenario because Burrow goes number one and we're getting call we the Redskins are getting calls from Miami and the Chargers. Yep. And Detroit goes, you know what, guys? Don't. We 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 want Herbert. We want Herbert. We've worked him out. We'll switch with you. We'll give you a third and then or or a second probably maybe not a second but a third and we're going to take Herbert we're not going to we're not going to dick you like that we're not going to say we're taking Herbert think it up there and take Chase Young or or trade out um do the old McPhee well yeah, <laughs> yeah wink yeah you have i mean you have <laughs> to have <laughs> you have to have integrity right? Yeah, right so if you want to do business with us in the next 50 years don't fuck us now um but the, that's the best case scenario is that Detroit says trade with us we'll give you our third and then you move back one spot you get Trace Young and more picks Mm-hmm. That's the best, right? Right. And and if if Stafford's not on board, that might be in play. Whole lot of scenarios. Whole lot of scenarios. Let's switch over to to the Ravens real quick because I I, I said this to Jay. I can see them. <clears throat> so Mahomes, the last two years has been lights out, amazing star. You know, every household name now, right? In 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 three short years, and they bowed out of the playoffs the last two years. You know, unceremoniously. Um, they seem to be explosive. They seem to be missing a piece. Sometimes in the NFL, you can't take the Russell Wilson route. You don't just go right to the Super Bowl your rookie year. Sometimes you, you have to grind a little bit, even if you look flashy on paper. And I'm hoping that that means Jackson is following that track too with the Ravens. And I'm hoping that he is lights out again next year, but he's learned from it. The rest of the team catalyzes around him. They add a few pieces on defense, offensive line help, etc. And they're right where the Chiefs are right now. I could totally see that scenario where the Ravens have learned, you know, from their failures the last couple of years and, and are right there in the mix next year, similar to the Chiefs. <coughs> What's our biggest need? Um, I would say edge rusher because Judon is on the trade block, if you believe a lot of the media reports. Um, he's going to want a big contract, and they necessarily probably don't think he's worth it. Um, so I can see them going edge rusher, outside linebacker. They certainly need offensive linemen, and they need wide receivers. They also need safety or uh, uh, secondary help. Right. So, I mean, they they have 
needs. I mean, Lamar and their offense was dynamic, but they need one more receiver. On defense, I think, is where they're going to focus early in the I draft. think so, too. They need, they need pass rushing, and they need like back-end help. Yep. I think that they can get some depth wide receivers later in the draft. There's, there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft that appear to be NFL talents um, that are that – are, you know they're not going to go the, well, they first, have, the first day they or have two. They have Snead and those guys who are likable and they love them, but they're, they're just guys. Ones. Yeah, they're back. Yeah, I mean, right. Just get you need if, if you get another wide receiver with Brown and you have the tight ends there. Um, they need offensive linemen in the worst way because Yanda may retire. But they, I would think that the, their biggest need is defensive line. I would. Uh, I, I think rushing. you nailed it. I think I think D line, linebacker, secondary, O line, wide receiver. You know. Now, of course, shuffle that order up if you want based on who's available and, you know, free agent possibilities and everything else. But, you know, those are the those are the departments for sure. Yep. Yeah, they just need that, to me, that, like, stud. I'm gonna, uh, it's kind of contrary to say stud number two receiver, though. But that's what they really need. They don't really need a number one with the rushing game and with the tight ends they have. But somebody who's just at one level below won't make too much money but can catch – that hundred balls. Yeah, that's a really good point. Not for fifteen hundred yards, but for a thousand yards. I'm telling you, know? you I'm uh, the the evolution of the offense in the NFL. If you're Dwayne Haskins, you are begging Ron Rivera for a tight end. Oh, oh yeah, just oh. someone who can get open eight yards down the field. That's right. and be your safety net. That's it. When your rhythm's not there, when you don't feel great, when they're coming up on you, pass rush, and one big motherfucker is going to run five yards, turn around, and shield them off mm-hmm. and get the ball and get you eight yards. Yeah, you time. want that quick-hitting check down to be that big motherfucker in the middle and not Chris Thompson four, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. God bless Chris Thompson. He's, he's been dynamic. He's been great <laughs> when he's healthy. But that, that's not – he's your he's your secondary check. He's not the, the horse. I you think know? what the Chiefs just proved is that you do not need elite offensive tackles or elite offensive guards or elite centers – to win. Those days are over. Yes, Mahomes got crushed. I get it. And they were getting that offensive lineman, God bless him, he was getting his shit kicked out of him. 76? Yeah, yeah, 71 or whatever. But none of them are pro bowlers. Mm-mm. And the, the Chiefs realized that we need playmakers. We need playmakers. We got a tight end who's probably one of the best in the game. We got Hill. We got a great quarterback who can get the ball out quick. Mm-hmm. You do not need MASH. You know, the, the guys who – you don't need the hogs. Right. You just need guys who can get in the way of somebody because when the defense is going to be spread out anyway to get in the way and create a quick hole so they can get five, six yards. And they're so dangerous when you can play fast. Yeah. You know, and that's why that's, – I think that's why Shanahan was a little bit deer in headlights there at the, you know, at the end of the first half. In the back of his mind, he's going – I know exactly what we should be doing, but goddamn, they are fast and they're fearless and they're not playing their and best. And, it, and this game is tied. Keep yep. it fucking simple. Yep. I mean, Jay Gruden had all these formations and all this shit. And I told you, man, he's like the nerd that plays Madden with all these formations. And the reality simple. is, they can't even run like a, a square in. Well, you know. And I even think, and this is what it comes down to the trust factor again with with uh, Jimmy G, because to me, that's why you're doing. Do your slants. Do your checkdowns. Make that the plan. So that you're moving the ball, and if it is incomplete, you got another play. You know, it, why not do that? The only thing was he didn't trust him to not throw that pick or throw, he didn't the ball tr- I guess he didn't or whatever trust it is. Him. But he's trustworthy. Yeah. You know, he's not elite, but he's trustworthy. He's won a lot of games for you. It's not like he's a rookie with a deer in his headlights. He's a no, good I agree. He's a he's a smart guy who knows his own limitations. Yeah. Yeah. And no. you have Kittle, and now your your wide receivers aren't great. No, but, but that guy Samuel was uh, he was dynamic. Yeah, he was. No, so, he, I mean, was, he, you have, he was impressive. You have Kittle, you have him, and you and you can run the ball. And if you're running the ball five yards a pop, it doesn't fucking matter. I know. You know? I guess, I guess he thought that play action would work, but man. <laughs> like Jay said, it's almost like that was part of his grand plan, and they got to that point in the game. He's like, God damn it, we played for, for play action, and we're going to run it. Yeah, and I, I they feel, ran themselves right out of a possible win. Because he's a good coach, um, but his legacy right now is when shit gets – Good in the in the big game, he folds. Yep, and he can't wait to get the game over, and he ends up losing his. They lose their grasp, you know. Yeah, when you play not to win and play to hold on and just get the game over with, that's when shit. But if Bosa makes that sack, we're talking about how great uh, Kyle Shanahan's year was, going from two and eleven to Super Bowl champion. Or if he gets that ball when he has his strip there, strip. Yeah, yep. and the ball bounced right. I mean, there were so many fucking times it was so close. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well. 
Hey, good good NFL season. It was it was exciting. It was nice to see some new blood. It was. It, it was, was the it was, best Super Bowl I've seen in a while. Yeah, in terms of the X's and O's, that yeah. was really impressive. I was, you know, definitely applauding both both teams' efforts last night. That was that was good shit. Um, but I'm again, sure not, San Francisco is very happy we're applauding them. Uh, absolutely. Um, was San Francisco was third in my applause uh, volume two. If you ain't uh, first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. Yeah, my my applause last night went Shakira, uh, J Lo, followed by the Chiefs, followed by uh, San Fran. So, much. yeah, <laughs> Shakira was easily number one. For me, <laughs> Without so. question, Jesus Christ! I can't believe they were. She was actually trying to play instruments. There's no way she's playing the guitar. And on the drum set, she looked like Peyton. <laughs> hey man, it was all good. All good in my book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> all right, so let's move into. A uh, topic that is near and dear to, to Jerry here. And uh, let's talk about our caps. Yeah, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> so, uh, so last week saw the caps uh, continue their eh play, in my opinion. Some flashes of what they can be. Some flashes of what we fear they might be. Um, and then a little bit of disinterest followed by some bad luck, you know, kind of peppered in the middle. So yesterday, prime time before the Super Bowl, caps pens. Home game, rivals, yada, yada, yada. Doc Emmerich on the call. And, hey, you know what? Caps got the first goal. Looked pretty good. It was a great, great uh, shot by Eller. Uh, a nice rebound off of the uh, the penalty kill. Only to give the puck away in the neutral zone 30 seconds later and find a snipe back the other way. And that's kind of the story of that game. And, unfortunately, it echoes the story of the year for them. When they make mistakes, they're not minor and it ends up in the back of their net. And now, we've seen a couple times now, it really doesn't matter whether it's Samsonov or Holpe. It, when they make mistakes, it's it's like grade-A chances, and it's going the other way. Yep, and, you know, unfortunately, Sammy, you know, just wasn't very good. But, you know, again, tough chances, and that's what happens. He's not going to stop them all. So. Well, when you allow snipers to snipe, you're going to get fucked in the NHL, and you cannot give them time and space, and that's exactly what we did yesterday. And that turnover is a prime example they, they don't make the simple play and go up the boards, try and go up the middle. I get it. They're creative or whatever else. When you fuck up, get back. Haul ass. That guy had time and space on the offside, which is the worst nightmare for a goalie, and he picked his corner and he got it. And that just cannot happen. No. Um, I, I think that, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm frustrated that it seems like, you know, I, I think more people are frustrated with Holtby on this, but I'm just going to put both of them in the same boat. We need that safe. And we're not getting it. Bingo. Agreed uh, with you. Times. Um, but, yes, it starts with the defense. starts even with the forechecking, the breakouts that, you know. Well, I'm fairly certain that giveaway happen. was Oshi. It was a yeah, forward. It was. Yeah, it was a forward on the right side, and it was just a shit pass. It had no pace. Yeah. had no it had no business making that pass other than, like, stick and puck, yeah. you know. That's right. Um, I mean, definitely not all on the – it's not all on anybody. Again, no, it's, it's, it's not. Um, what you know, you hope and hope's a, a four-letter word, obviously. But that the uh, the system is the way it is that it can lock it down and say, okay, a playoff game, tie the third period, everything up the boards, whatever it might be. Yep. You know, hey, we're messing around a little bit right now. We want to get our own chances. We'll give up some. We don't mind because we know how to fix it. But you don't want to have to flip a switch, and that's that's where they're leaning a little. Fuck, bit. are we talking? <laughs> You so that was are, your hockey analysis 101. Now let's get into the hockey fandom 101. <laughs> oh, you guys are talking micro. This is a macro problem. Yesterday was the was just it made it against Pittsburgh, which made it even worse with all those douches down there, right? Well, that, but, there's nothing that burns your ass more than watching a Pittsburgh team beat a, a local DC or Baltimore team. Fuck me. How many Pittsburgh <laughs> fans were there? Don't they have jobs in Pittsburgh? Go. They're all here. I wasn't there. I don't give a shit. They're all here. <laughs> all right. Here, so here's my thing. If you're going to continue to make mistakes, then you have to have a goalie that can make the big save. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it was Eddie Olchick that made the point that um, Todd Reard has done a great job with Sam Sonoff of putting him in positions that he could win against teams that he can have success against. Yesterday was the first time he was going up against a team with an offense like Pittsburgh. Right. And so they made that point pretty early, which I had not really considered. Mm-hmm. This ain't fucking Ottawa anymore. Exactly. Right. right. Uh, yeah, and you would if you ever listened to me, but that's okay. Don't worry about okay. It. But thank you. <laughs> so if you're going to do it, right? So, so maybe Sam Sonoff's numbers are a little bit illusory. Right? Yeah. 
Okay. Usually are with a young goalie who right. gets protected I get minutes. I get it. It's like easy starts in baseball. You right. know. Um, so if you so if your conclusion is is that you can, you don't have a goalie either way right now that can make incredible shots over and over again and face forty and just because he's saving your ass so many times and and your when your turnovers you're just going to get a stop, then you can't turn the fucking puck over and they turn the puck over a lot. Yes, they right? do. And their defense has breakdowns a lot. Yes, they do. And it's this is not something that's new. This is something that we've been talking about for at least over a month, saying, hey, man, they seem to have a lot of fucking breakdowns. And, and against Pittsburgh, it seems to me like if you make a mistake, they're going to nail you on it, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like Pittsburgh has more talent than the Capitals. They're just smarter. They're just smarter, and they either by coaching or by experience or by the type of player they have, they don't make mistakes. And it's like when when they wait for the Caps to do something stupid mm-hmm. or flashy that doesn't work, and then they capitalize on it, and the Caps get all flustered, and then they can't recover from it. That seems to be the mechanism. And so, you know, I'm I'm, I'm watching what I watch. I don't really know if I have confidence in what I'm watching, so I get on the internet. And 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 these guys, you know, by and large, um, the defensive breakdowns are every game. Um, the, I don't think they're going to win with this defense. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to win a playoff series with Jensen getting minutes. And Gudis, I think, proved yesterday he can't handle big minutes against speed. So they need somebody. It's not a luxury. They will not win a, a series with the current group of defensemen they have they need to make a trade for somebody who can get top four minutes so that's my first thought the second thought is whoever the fuck blaine Forsyth is get him out of the fucking building they're the worst power play in the nhl and if he's running the show fuck him get him out i don't know how fucking hard it doesn't make sense to me you have this much talent and you're throwing up over yourself and this little fucking midget is running your power play and nobody seems to trade nobody seems to get rid of him i mean fuck how hard is it to make a fucking change it's the dumbest fucking thing in the world they i don't even want a power play i don't want a power play when there's a power play i'm like fuck they're gonna score the other team right now has a better chance to score than we have to score on the fucking power play and it's because blaine fucking foresight that everybody al kogan thinks he's this great that guy's a douche. What the fuck? Let Jeremy coach the power play. I'm down. <laughs> I don't fucking understand. They're getting worse. Every month it's worse. They don't get better. Why? How does he still have a job? What value does this little shit bring to the fucking thing? I mean, he might be a great guy. I don't know. Maybe he makes great pastries. I fucking I don't know what he does. <laughs> right? But on the power play, if, if he's the one that's entrusted with it, he's proven that he sucks at it. I can't wait for Andre to do the show notes and put them in the details and be like, the boys talk about pastry chef uh, Blaine Forsythe and, yeah. and other things. Cats. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I mean, Tell me why. Well, you, you are just wrong, but uh, you're not. But you're in the probably the majority of fans in terms of how they feel about Forsythe, at least fans that say shit. So here's the deal. If you really do want to go back and look at his numbers, and you probably don't because it'll just show how you know kind of wrong you are, but that's all right. Um, Top three to five every year, always better in the playoffs every year. That's really all there is to say. All right, so here's my, here's my grasping at straws here. There's a lot more. I'll just let Todd take care of it. So here's my grasping at straws. The power play right now makes me want to throw up. It's awful. I've sa- I said this months ago. It's too slow. It's too predictable. It's too systematic. Aside from the OV office goal, which he's going to get just because he's the best shooter in fucking history of the league, and the rebound goal, which has been coming usually from power play unit two at the end of the two minutes. Aside from that, we're pretty much going to go 0 for 4, 1 for 5 every game. It is really, really painful to watch. I will say this, though. We have lived off of the power play in the regular season for so many years, being in the top five of the league, only to see the power play opportunities (coughs) per game dry up in the playoffs. And that, that is a known fact in the NHL. If you average four and a half power plays per game during the regular season, knock it off by at least one, if not one and a half opportunities. So in the playoffs, the, the, the 5v4 opportunities dry up. 
So the teams that live off of the power play goal and advantage from the regular season tend to struggle with more 5v5 hockey. So in a real weird alternate universe, this is the first year the Caps power play has been this bad. What if we're that team that hits the playoffs and goes, we don't need a power play? It, it, it didn't do shit for us this year. Now, this is not by design. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that it is absolutely anemic and hard to watch. It's not good. All I'm saying is, as a hockey fan, watching my team go into the playoffs and lose year after year after dominating in the regular season, this is a, this is a team that can play 5v5 and might be arguably the best 5v5 team in the, in the league in terms I, of yeah. uh, differential. I have to take back part of what I said because even though I said Jerry was wrong, he definitely had some points right, and part of that is – the volume yeah. was good. Yeah. <laughs> the no, energy was great. Oh, the F-bombs were hilarious, too. Um, and the, the pastry chef thing was, was probably, you know, best moment of the pot. So, no, but the other thing is when you only have a couple, they are that much more important in the playoffs. Not just to score, but to keep momentum. Don't give up a damn shorty. All, you know, and those are actually the concerns where we are now. This isn't just a bad power play. I mean, anemic at best, giving up too many chances, you know, and you only got a couple months to fix it. Yep. So we, you know, and they're trying. They've made some changes. Not running the unit, whole first unit out there for the, or you're in the first unit out there for the whole two minutes, things like that. But it ain't working. So you know, fourth size need to earn that money, or he's going to be a pastry chef pretty soon. <laughs> Since I'm reading from the internet, yes, so you know it's true. <laughs> Since December third, the Caps have had 87 chances with the extra man, which is the second most in the league, and they've scored just 13 goals while giving up a lead leading. Seven shorthanded goals. The power play rate over that span is an abysmal 14%. See, and that's where the seven shorties, it's like double whammy. 13 for 87 blows. 13 for 87 plus seven against is fucking awful. And that's, it's not getting better. Well, and, that, and that's what concerns me. And again, I have harped on this from our preview show. I don't like it when we don't play with pace. I don't like it when we don't push our aggressiveness on the other team. And this team tends to sit back more often than not. And when they have the power play, I mean, did you see the second power play yesterday? Pittsburgh had more shots than we mm-hmm. did, and they were golden chances. Yep. We were fucking slow in the neutral zone. Yeah, I, I don't understand why that even happens. I, I, I mean, I it doesn't make any sense to me. Sitting guys. I know. They're not moving. I know. they got to move their feet because this game, with all the X's and O's, we just talked about in the NFL how coaches overthink everything, right? Well, the game of hockey begins and ends with skating. And... This team can skate, and yesterday is another example of why this team frustrates me. So yesterday, first period, I thought we were dog shit. Second period, I thought it was a pretty even game. Third period, I thought we completely dominated. How can we skate like that in the third against a team that completely imposed their will on us in the first? Then if you're, if you're one of the Pittsburgh coaches, you're probably saying the same thing. What, you know, Score effects, I get it. We're on the road, but why did we give up that many grade-A chances in the third period when we held them at bay in the first? Bottom line is, this is a very even league, and you have to go with what works for you. And what works for us is not slow, stagnant play because our goalie can't make the 10-bell save when we need him to, and our power play, has it's dried up. It seems like Forsyth's change is to move Ovi from one side to the other. Which is complete bullshit, by the way. And that doesn't fucking do anything. We can't get the puck in the zone. You know, it, it looks like when we're on the power play that the other team has two extra fucking skaters. And you, you know what's funny? You said that about Carolina last year in the playoffs. Can't get the fucking and it, it's continued. Yeah, it's 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 press Virginia, man. You can't get the fucking ball up. The, you mm. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it, it's it's infuriating, and it just seems like a lot of people have Jeremy's attitude. Like, well, we'll fucking fix it in the playoffs. Because <laughs> no, think, I had a stat, and you know the stats. I don't think is, that's what he's saying. Yeah, Enough said. Let's go fix it in the playoffs. Sound like your brother John right now. Um, no, I think, that's, that, that's my one imitation for everybody. <laughs> no, but I think um, I think what Jeremy's saying is he's not he's not ready to jump off the ship. You know? Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Clearly, but, <laughs> fucking ready for the Nats, dude. You were talking about 2009. <laughs> but there is there is some reason for optimism based on the talent, based on the track record, based on the coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. But at some point, all that shit is great. But if it doesn't result in change, then it's worth nothing. I think there's going to be. I mean, I'm convinced that that Jensen's done for the. I mean, he's going to get bumped down. I if McClellan doesn't get a top four defenseman, even if we have to give up draft picks and prospects that we don't want to, and that's going to sting when he does it. You're like, oh, you know. I think he realizes 
this defensive group is is deficient. Mm-hmm. It's it, you you just can't you can't win a series with these guys because they're going to continue to make fucking mistakes. He, he knows. I mean, he's been saying it since what was it November? Maybe even that we're looking for that number four guy. Nobody's stepping up. I mean, to me, it's clear now that's Jensen. Clear. Got to be. And because because it can't you know, be Gudis. Yeah, he can't well, skate. No. Well, you mentioned Gudis, and I you know McClellan <laughs> does everything for a reason. He got Gudis to be the, a third pair guy. Yeah. And I and you know he and Siegs. You know, third pair, not bad, but they they need to play a little bit more because Jensen's just not getting it done. They need a right-handed defenseman, right? Not a left-handed defenseman because there's Jensen right-handed. I mean, if they're purely replacing Jensen, yes, you'd want to go righty most likely. And that kid from uh, New Jersey's the the name that people are a lot talk Vertanen, oh, Vertanen, yeah, Vert- yeah, yeah. Vertanen, yeah. And so you're gonna have to give up to get someone like that, right? Cap wise and Player-wise, you're going to have to give up somebody you don't want to give up. Cap-wise is going to be the bigger issue because... Because something's got to go the other way at that point. Yeah, Yeah, something's got to go. I feel like that... No one's going to take Jensen. Well, no, no, they're not. But um, actually, who knows? If they're not making the playoffs, maybe they won't care in terms of New Jersey. But no, the thing is, the the Caps, I do think, have the assets that teams are going to want. You got a guy like Juice. You got a guy like Ferrari. You know, you can give up one of those guys... I don't you want know. to give up on Ferrari. I'm I don't sorry. Give up on him. Oh, you know what I'm saying? But I know no, this is this is where this is where it gets hard. And this is like yeah. you said, you can't get something without giving yeah, something, I mean, and, and it's going to sting. Whatever, if if they do that, what I'm advocating is get a top four guy, not just don't make a prudent move, make a bold move. You're going to have to give up somebody that you're like, God damn, I don't want to do it. Right. And it's going to be one of those top prospects and a draft pick. Right. You know, or. Some veteran who you don't want to give up, but you have to for salary purposes. Yeah, I mean it could be. I mean, it, it could be a move that he has to make. Now, um, now we rec- I also recognize in the playoffs, Carlson's not coming out of the fucking game either. Is Kempney and Gudis is playing six seven minutes, right? right? So they shorten that shit up. But eventually, you're going to have to have a fourth guy who can be dependable, and I think it has to be somebody who's not offensive, because Orloff is everywhere. I mean, he rushes. So does. That's why Kipney and Carlson are so yeah. good together. Because yeah. Carlson's up there and Kipney's well, always just it. Back. It's got to be a complimentary player. You can't just bring a guy in. Let's say there's a stud out there, but he's a lefty and he rushes all the time. You can't just bring him in and play him in the top well, four because it's not going to work. He's not what we need because exactly he's going right. to be defensively deficient. Exactly. Right? We need somebody who's not going to make the – which Jensen was when he came over. He was like, here's your stay-at-home defenseman. Right. He does, he's not flashy, but he doesn't make mistakes. Well, apparently now he makes a ton of fucking mistakes. And I don't know if he's injured or if he's got a confidence problem, but – my my thought going back a couple of weeks and watching it as you you know we were talking about how how his play's been pretty blah. He, he looks like he's he's nursing an injury because he's not playing as physical. He's never been a super physical guy, but he's he's got plenty of size. He's got plenty of toughness. He's not going into the corners. He's not doing all the shit that you know was enticing when we got him. Well, yesterday hurt. Because that was a time, and not just because it's fucking Pittsburgh. But oh, that, that's that stung your ass. You oh, oh, I was, I was, bru- <laughs> and I was getting texts from all these douches who, you know, <laughs> from Pittsburgh who can't spell. You know, who you are Ed. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it, it was they had an opportunity to fucking make a statement. First game, they're six up, and Pittsburgh just is they they just are tougher. They've always just been fucking tougher. We have, I mean. Look, nobody's tougher than Wilson. I'm talking mentally. Mm-hmm. They, the, the Caps are always talented, but they fucking make a mistake. Pittsburgh, some no-name fucking dude on Pittsburgh who I've never even heard of, gets the puck, scores. Lafferty. Yeah. yeah. And then not now we're getting frustrated. There's a bunch of penalties that they take because the Caps are stupid, and they get all emotional, and Crosby's out there bitching about you know uh, Oshie hitting him with the stick when he actually grabbed the stick, and he's such a he's fucking douchebag. And Mario Lemieux doesn't congratulate o- Osh- or Ovi for passing him when everybody else does. Go fuck yourself. Go back in bankruptcy, you worst-run fucking franchise ever. What a joke. I hope you... Never, I can't say it. But, but, it, so it, but, but you had a chance to... Fucking send a message, and they, they come out, and they're smarter, and they're tougher. Mm-hmm. And I think smarter and tougher teams will win a seven-game series. Because, obviously, Malkin is amazingly talented. He always may, seems to make plays against us, so someone needs to take that motherfucker out before the playoffs. And, and you know, Crosby is Crosby. He didn't really do much. That's but, how Malkin was ass yesterday. But Yeah, I didn't think Crosby and Malkin were great, and that's what scares me well, a little bit about got Pittsburgh. Shut down. It's what scares me about Pittsburgh, and we said it a couple months ago when they were treading water with all those injuries. 
everybody they're bringing in from their farm system, unheralded guys, they're playing really well. Yeah. Um, and I will say this, I'm, I'm, I'm an analytical guy. I'm more of an X's and O's guy. I like watching the game of hockey. But in the end, the more intense team generally has the advantage. And we have not brought the intensity in, in many of our games that we have struggled. It's because we have a coach that the players don't fucking respond to. They don't respond to him. They don't. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, they don't respond to him. I have no confidence that this son of a bitch is going to be able to get them to go on in the playoffs. I just think they're like, hey, Todd, what's going on? You're a nice guy. You know, want a pastry? Hey, you know, <laughs> all that shit. But they do not respond to him. I don't know if it's an X's or other things, but he cannot get people motivated. Yeah, they, they definitely need to play harder. They need to play faster. Yes, I know I've gone to that well again, but until they fucking do it, I'm going to keep saying it because uh, that's the way this league is built. It but, is speed, speed, speed. You know, against when we play decent teams... Decent, tough teams, five, four and five goals every time. And that can't, that can't be fucking just an anomaly. No. Oh, well, it happens. No, no, it doesn't. It, right. it shouldn't happen here, you know? And I, I, I think Holpe gets the bad rap because the, there's breakdowns in front of him and there are turnovers in front of him, and he gets no fucking help, and he's not elite to make every stop like Brodeur was. Right? Mm. You know, I mean, that guy was a shutdown. And I don't think Sam Sonoff is either. Well, nor are ninety percent of the other goalies. Well, and that's the problem is we're giving uh, we're giving up too many of the of those grade A chances that it doesn't really matter who's in net. So another situation too. Yeah, I mean, you give it up when you're on the power play. Yep, you're still well, the penalty kill's been good. Their penalty kill's been really good. But they actually play with more effort on the penalty kill than than they do any other time. And I get it, penalty killing is effort. But I wonder, I wonder if it's because they have tougher play. Like, Haglin can't do ass. He's ass on offense. But goddamn, that guy's fucking speedy and tough. He, Leipzig, even Siegenthaler. Siegenthaler is a different defenseman on the on the PK than he is Absolutely. 5v5. It's, it's, it's strange, honestly. It's so weird. And then, but but then you get like Kuzi. He'll just nonchalantly go up on the power play, do some back between the legs pass right to the fucking defender. <laughs> and the guy takes it up the ice because nobody's back. Of course, Carlson's rushed up, you know, and there's like one guy back. And of course, they get the fucking shorty. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, please don't it, it, go to the ref and say, I don't want to be fouled. <laughs> I don't care if I get I don't care if I get high stick and you see blood coming down my face. Can we defer the penalty? Can he just sit on his own bench for two minutes, almost like a misconduct? Yeah, but can we play five v five? Yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> don't fucking give me a give me a call. Because every time it goes a power play, now I'm like, well fuck. You know, I'm kinda with you. There's there's been games I've watched where I'm like, oh come on, that's a call. And I'm like, well, who gives a shit? We're 0 for four. <laughs> we, we have like one collective shot. And so. I think Blaine for, Forsyth needs to get a fucking job at Jimmy Cow. <laughs> They don't do pastries, do they? I don't know, but that's the only ice cream thing I can think of. Blaine, we will welcome you in Damascus with open arms. Jerry might not, but I will. Fuck that. Get your shit together. Hey, I got an idea, Todd. Why don't we put Ovi on the other side? That'll mind fuck him, dude. We'll get like goals left and right. And let's keep doing the the slingshot because that works. I was just shaking my head when I saw him on the other side. I'm all for trying different things, but it was zero point to it. What is torts? (laughs) What would it take to have torts? Like the, I, I don't want torts on this team. I do. I, I don't want torts here. I like Tortorella. I, I'd love to have him on the pod. I'd love to have a beer with him. I don't want him coaching my team. Oh, he's so tough. They no, need someone so he, tough. He, he is extremely tough, and he's the, such a prick that half of that room would just give him the middle finger like, on day come one. come in here once Obi and back, you retire. Until then, don't yeah, stay, yeah, stay away. Stay away. Stay away. All right, so we only have a few minutes left this week, but let's turn our attention to our Terps real quick because our Terps – are on they're on a heater right now. We talked about last week them kind of finding their rhythm a little bit, but we didn't really <laughs> trust them because it's Turgeon and it's the Terps. And now here they are. Maybe they playing have, for Forsyth should be the <laughs> coach of the Terps. They have now cracked the top ten for the first time since the middle part of December. Um, and we had those losses against Penn State, and we had that awful loss at Iowa. And they seem they, they seem to be finding their groove a little bit right now. Um, well, they got some tough road games. They've coming got up, some tough games coming and that's up. That's when it matters. Yep, absolutely. But I got to tell you that that win against Iowa was quite impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. because Iowa played really well. They shot the ball mid forties. They were tough. They, they, they were like Jay said. They put up seventy two points on the road in the Big Ten. That's damn good. Yeah, and they lost by ten. I mean, that was a really impressive effort by Maryland. And I will say this. You, you nailed it last time. We have an experienced senior point guard with NBA talent 
just fucking live and die by him right now. Cowan, Cowan's the best guy on the floor when he wants to be. If he doesn't drive the ball at least every other possession, there's a problem. That's I just what I want He's to so damn good with the ball. I mean, it, it, the, the, him and Stick should be like option one and one A every, every that's time. That's what I mean. And that's why when we look back in December and, and early January, when we were going on stretches of like seven and eight minutes without a field goal from the floor, I'm like, how do you do that with Cowan and Jalen Smith on your team? How's that possible? Just let them take turns taking shots, and they will make one in the course of seven or eight minutes. I'd like to see Maryland just get on a heater. I know. You know, going into yeah. the tournament. I mean, just get on. Win, I know. Wins, I'm like, come on, boys. Games. Let's go. Yes, you know, I agree. Just get on a heater five, six in a row. This win, win one, lose one, win two, lose one. I mean, that that's great and all. I mean, yeah, I guess you can get to the tournament with that. But if you're not on a heater where Cowan says, whatever happens, I'm the best player on the floor and I can – I'll win the game. Just give me a chance. So you're right. The road gauntlet coming up because it's the Big Ten is going to be hard. I don't care what the record is. You're going on the road in some tough environments, and they're going to have to find a way to grind out some wins, which is why it's so important to continue to hold serve at home. Yes. And, you know, they did it against Iowa. That was a tough top 20 matchup. Got the win. Good for them. They play Rutgers tomorrow, who was in the top 25 last week. Had a loss, so they're out. Solid team. Can lose to them if you're not ready to go. Absolutely. But I'd like to see us... Regardless of, of how this game goes down, I would, I'm going to feel much better if we're in that upper 70s, lower 80s point range. Jay, I think you agree with me, right? Yeah, I mean, if, with how athletic they are, how solid they've been on defense most of the year, if, if you're putting up 70-plus as Maryland, you're probably not going to lose. I know we just said the same thing about Iowa a minute ago, but that's just that's the way this team is. This team is good defensively. They are. And, you know, Turge has shown willingness to press all that stuff, which he really hasn't in the past. And so the, the, the tools are there. I mean, we got the tools. We got the talent. No, that was Ghostbusters. Yeah, that was Ghostbusters. Oh, <laughs> we had the tools. We had the talent. Yeah. Ernie Hudson with his four, fourth right, line baby. in the movie. I apologize. <laughs> My favorite Ghostbuster. Um, no, but when this team is willing to score, and like Jay said, they, they have bought in to the defensive mindset of Turgeon, which – None of his previous teams really have at this level. And that's what has given me hope now as we're coming to the home stretch into the postseason for the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. This is the best team he's ever had. Best team he's ever had, without question. And it's got veteran leadership at the right places. They just need, I wish they they just need to get in a rhythm and find their mojo in Mm -hmm. terms of everybody can do their job. They know what their role is and they're comfortable with it. Yep. And do what you do good. And take and a guy do- like Sorrell Smith, who's only going to get about 8 to 12 minutes a game, depending on the game, but tell him, hey, when we're dry from the outside, I need your shooting touch. Right. You're going to get three or four chances to pop one from three. I need you to make two out of four. Like, this is your role. That's correct. Don't do anything other That's than right. your role. D up that speedy guard on the other end. You know, fight through the pick and rolls. And when we get an opportunity on offense, they're probably come playoff or you know postseason time, Cowan's going to get a double team. Wiggins is going to have a, a, a shadow on him. Hey, Smith, if you can leak out into the corner... Fucking make two out of four. Let's yeah. go. Bill Belichick has the right. Do your job. Just do your job, right? Exactly. Don't try to put on a show for agents in the next because you think you're going to league next year. Right. Right. So if you're an interior player, now you got to show your range. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't do that shit. Do right. your fucking job. Yep. Rebound. If that's what you do, if that's your job, do it. That's right. And I hope Maryland can do it because I think talent-wise, you know, well, I got to give them credit because the last two weeks they've given fans, uh, you know, both skeptics and optimists alike, a well, lot, a lot of uh, pause. They're going and, to uh, Lansing, right? They're going to yep. Michigan State in the next couple of weeks. Yes, and so that's going to be a good one. But the next, I mean, they got Rutgers, and then I think they're well. They got Illinois. They're at Illinois. They're at Illinois. So, they're at Michigan the State. They say they still get Michigan on the road. They still get Ohio State yeah, on the road. But, but I mean, they got I some mean, tough games Illinois coming. Illinois is a good team. They're a very good team. So, that's that's going to be the game where you're like, show me that one. On the road. On yes. the road. Jerry's going to hate this because he'll say it's loser talk. But what I want to see is none of that Iowa shit on the, from that road game, none of this multiple five-minute stretches without a basket where we have to basically have a Herculean effort just to make a game of it in the last five minutes. Just be in the game. 
Don't you know? Don't have a first half like you against LSU in the tournament last year. You just can't do that stuff. I'm 100 percent with you. Is fine. Yep. Oh but yeah. Run. I mean, I, I don't expect you to win by 20 on the road. Right. But so I expect you to be in the game and win. A, and take the Indiana game for example. Yeah. Yes, we had some bad stretches in that game, but we had enough good stretches that a good run at the end is the difference between winning right. and losing. Seven instead of 15. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. But. Um, I thought you were going to say, I just want them to be in it, and I want them to have fun, and I want them to, I get, want me to, I want me I want them to get along. And uh, everybody wants to hand out the ribbons at the yeah. end of the season. Like, like, <laughs> I want to have a certificate. <laughs> no. No, we I are not about win. participation at Wings, no. Beers, and Tears. It's just, all about winning. Just I, win, baby. When, when, when Peyton gets her petition, participation trophy, I throw that shit in the freaking on the way out the door. But thanks, man. Boom. <laughs> Give it to Major to, to gnaw yeah. on it. <laughs> uh, so, hey, go Terps. Go Caps. Terps. Going to have some interesting um, combine talk. I hope Blaine Forsythe doesn't get fired this week. (laughs) I kind of do. I kind of. I think I was kind of advocating for that. Do do you think we? Do you think we have some influence over the? Who's the uh, coach at Hershey? Who's the coach at Hershey? Troy Mann? Is that who it is? Troy fucking Mann. Come up and do. Oh, quick correction. Quick correction from last week. Um, Eddie Jordan is not. The current coach at Rutgers. Oh. He was the current coach. That would be kind of cool if he was. He, he, was, the, he was the previous coach. He was. <laughs> he was the current coach. Yeah. Dumbass. Um, okay. Currently, no. he's not well, currently the coach. Troy Mann, is that his name? Yeah. Come up and do the fucking power plays. I'm assuming they run power plays in Hershey. Come up and do that shit. <laughs> no, they decline penalties down there. <laughs> they probably do. I think that's where the Caps are, though. You know what Jerry's going to do? We're not gonna, we so don't. Hershey's on a heater. If the Caps bow out early, Jerry's going to head on up to Hershey for a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> you know where Jerry's going to Hershey for? Disturbed and stained. August 1. Damn yes. right. Stained is back on tour. Bad Wolves too, right? Yep. And Bad Wolves. Yep. That's yeah. a good show. That is a good show. Disturbed is the shit. Yes. The shit live. I'm not going for that one. I'm going you for Stained. Yeah, you, you know why? Because Aaron Lewis is so, the best singer ever. <laughs> so much better than the guy from Disturbed, who probably takes his own plane with opera singers. And if our producer has any skills, we will be outroed via Aaron Lewis on this episode. <laughs> we'll see what she does as, as she uh, you know, chops up the, uh, the audio here. So until next week, from Wings, Beers, and Tears, we will see you on the flip side. Sorry, Mitch. Peace.